every morning that I start out, it's like I start from zero, and it's like I didn't do it for like six hours the day before. I'm halfway through cleaning this client's barbecue, and I get a call from the secretary, and he's like, I thought I told you to do a good job. And he's like, you better get over here. Like, this guy's pissed, like he's pissed. My, my ego's also hurt, right? Because I'm like, yeah. I put a lot of pride into what I do. Yeah. Like, how can this be? And I lift it up, and like, this guy's like crazy, right? This There goes everything that I just worked for, right? Like, I just yeah. screwed over the company. The impression I think I ended up leaving with the company, like, like yeah, I messed up, but I, I like went back and I fixed it. I'm really excited to bring you my first ever podcast where I interview a friend of mine, Zach Gomes, who I've known for over 18 years now, and he has accomplished quite a few things at just the young age of 22. He is the first franchise owner of a company called Canadian Barbecue Boys, soon to be known as Grill Hero, and he's got 11 employees under that umbrella, and he has some fascinating stories about the journey and what it took to get him to the point that he's at today and how he did all of it in just four short years. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast. So fun fact for everyone watching, uh, camera was off, so we're going to start again. <laughs> okay. I talked about skydiving. Would you ever go skydiving? Yeah, honestly, to get me to go sky skydiving, skydiving. <laughs> to get me to go skydiving, I would probably have to be incentivized financially. Like, I don't yeah. think I could do that for free. Like yeah. you said, it feels like dying. Uh, I'm already scared of heights, and then you add the whole plummeting thing, and yeah. you know that that's a bit too much for my heart to handle. I think. How much would it take to bribe you? <laughs> How much would it take to bribe me? Look, I'm a little bit easy. I think. I think if you fifty bucks, fifty bucks, yeah, maybe a little bit more than that. You know, maybe. Maybe like a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. That's enough. It's pretty safe, right? Like, what? Are, I, I don't know the yeah. stats in that. You have to pull yeah, that up. Yeah, technically speaking, like it's pretty safe from what I've seen. I mean, like the, the instructors who go with you every single time—they're <laughs> not dead yet, right? Yeah. So logically speaking, there's nothing to be afraid of. No. But it's just like this weird psychological thing where you're just like, oh, I'm gonna die, <laughs> right? Like, there's a first for everything. Like, we were at Halloween Hunt and uh, we went on the the Thunder Run. I don't know if you know too much about the rides, right? Yeah. I looked it up before going into the ride, and I'm like, you know, how bad is this? Like, is there any, like, uh, loops? Is that the, like, 90-degree drop on? Or no, it's not. Okay. It goes through a mountain, right? But I'm just like, just to be sure, I want to make sure there's nothing, like, too crazy in this. Yeah. And, um, yeah, sure enough, just dips and drops. And so we go on, and there's, like, little kids on the ride behind me, right? They're, like, <laughs> having the time of their life. The ride starts, and I'm like, dude, I, I'm regretting this so hard. I close my eyes, right? Yeah. And then we're going up this tunnel. And the next thing you know, you're just going like like this, right? Yeah. And like you're just shaking. I'm like, dude, did I put the belt on right? Like I'm going to swing <laughs> off of this ride. I'm going to be the first casualty. And I'm just <laughs> praying it finishes. Like I hear the kids screaming behind me. They're like, woo. And like I'm literally, I'm screaming too. And I'm like, get me off this thing. And then, uh, you know, we, we finish the ride. Like we get back to the start. I'm like, yo, like finally, like let me out, right? Yeah. Then we start going again. And then it's the same thing. I'm like, holy crap, right? But then on the second time, when I knew what was coming, right. like it, it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. And then, you know, we got off and I'm like, oh, like we got to do that again. Yeah. So I'm assuming with skydiving, for those people who are going every single time, like it's just, yeah. it's just routine. It can't be that bad. That's a very interesting, like kind of psychological point about the fact that once you do something once, the fear slowly, maybe not immediately, but slowly tends to go away. Like I've been making a lot more phone calls and growing up in the generation that we've grown up in, we're used to texting, right? We're used to texting, messaging, whatever. So literally just picking up the phone and calling someone that you even, like that you've known for a pretty long time, 
is kind of an experience on its own, which sounds really stupid to be saying because it's like, you know, these people, it's a phone call. Like, why, why does that, why is that psychologically so challenging? How often, like, would you say you have to call people and how long would you say it took you to kind of like go from, I don't know what the hell to say on the phone (laughs) to, I have no time left today. I need to call this person and get done. You know, what's interesting. Um, I always start out the day when, I, let's say I, I'm doing cold calling or door-to-door sales uh, or, you know, even just delivering flyers. So, you know, going door-to-door, talking occasionally to people. Every morning that I start out, it's like I start from zero and it's like I didn't do it for like six hours the day before. And it's like I have to get into the rhythm of doing it before it's like, wow, like I can do this. Like this is, you know, like, well, it's not easy, but right. it's doable. I would say for me, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's more so the door-to-door uh, sales that I'm doing because I'm trying to get into people's backyards. Uh, I'm trying to see their, their barbecue so I can see the condition of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe talk to them about things that they, they might need to get done to it. If I'm seeing like rusted grates, flavorizer bars, um, and that's really the, the, main, the main goal for me is to get into the backyard. I honestly forgot the question though, so that's I forget what I'm answering. <laughs> no, that was, that was a good answer. It's, you, you basically have to restart every morning, right? Like the, the, it doesn't really carry over day to day, but I think what you're kind of getting at is that once you get the first win, the next few, the momentum, you just have to keep going with the momentum, right? Mm-hmm. So like once you get the first win, you get a, you get someone you're door knocking or cold calling and, and someone actually opens a door and doesn't slam it in your face and actually gives you a conversation. Um, that's a lot better for sure. Like it, it makes, it makes the next series of doors a lot easier to, to continue knocking on. I wanted to talk about generally like your journey with this company. So, um, for the audience, because I'm not sure if the last part was even recorded. Um, the company we're talking about is now called Grill Hero. Um, it used to be called Canadian Barbecue Boys. I'm honest, I'm like kind of interested in like how the Dragon's Den thing fits into the whole like business because, because I, I was, I was doing some analysis with like myself and I was kind of thinking about this and most service-based businesses, it is hard to get off the ground. Like I did the landscaping thing for a year and that was challenging to build up a clientele. But I think having that publicity of Dragon's Den was probably one of the greatest boosters to growth that they could have asked for. I don't know if they ended up getting an investment, but I know that they were actually on and just being televised, I think was probably a huge help. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was a huge help, honestly. Um, So I wasn't on the company when they were on Dragon's Den. And so it was part of the incentivization for me to join the company was seeing these other students start this business and end up on Dragon's Den. Like it was just unfathomable to me. And so I'm like, yeah, I've got to join these guys. Um, in my first season working with the company and you know doing the cleanings and mm-hmm. actually uh, doing the, the field work, a lot of the clients, like they were like, oh, I saw you on Dragon's Den, I had to try you guys out. And nice. that, in the first few seasons, there was a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. But as you go on, like it, it became less of that. So it's, it's almost like you know a lot of the, the growth was driven by that Dragon's Den episode. Mm-hmm. But later on, it's like you're getting the people who were referred by those people right. after the, the whole the whole market just exploded for that. Yeah, and I think for specifically for service-based like companies like that, it's hard to um, like it's hard to sell people something when they might not even know that it was something they needed, right? For me personally, like when I'm thinking of oh like you know like barbecues and stuff like it barely crosses my mind to have it professionally cleaned, right? So how do you package something in a way to address a market that like is there, 
but you not only have to like have a good service, but you have to make people aware that the service exists in the first place. Like, do you ever get people being like, oh, I didn't even know you could do that? Yes, no, that, that's a great point. I think the, the founders like, initially did a great job of, um, I guess, creating like the value proposition and yeah. delivering it you know, door to door. I mean, those guys were going door to door for the whole day, providing the cleanings and really like generating buzz around the service or about the service. Um, you know, the service existed before Canadian Barbecue Boys. Actually, that's uh, a bit about how it started. The owner, they got the service done by somebody and the guy had to drive a few hours to come in. Right. Uh, you know, they paid a ridiculous amount of money and the service was, was really poor. So then him and his buddy, they decided like, look, we could provide the service, uh, you know, probably for a better price, yeah. um, better quality. And sure enough, that's what they did. Um, you know, they just went door to door, started creating that market. And then um, once they realized that there were a lot of people interested in the service as they were going door to door, um, you know, I, I guess they realized it was about uh, generating as much buzz as possible, uh, making as many people aware that the service needs to be done and, and can be done. And that's what it was all about moving forward. Yeah, I think that kind of branding strategy is like extremely impressive because they not only were able to, I guess, capture a local market, but they were able to expand throughout most of the Southern Ontario, right? And that's a huge market is, I don't know how many people, but millions and millions of people in that entire market. And they were able to kind of not only, you know, service, but they were able to grow as well, which, which are both very like hard things to do to scale like that. What do you think contributed to the ability to scale? Was it like the founder's expertise? Was it their ability to hire? Was it, was it a combination of things? Like how, how did, scaling this business work and i know because you joined in 2018 or 2019 yeah 2019 and they started 2017 so one of the first dish employees do you know what number employee you were to be honest i don't i actually don't think i was as early as possible i think there was a season they operated before and they yeah. had a team yeah. uh, maybe two seasons yeah. um so i'm trying to think of the timelines I, I i think they were actually maybe found in 2016. Okay. we're gonna have to go back and fact check yeah, that yeah, and yeah. maybe put that in the video fact check. <laughs> but um Anyway, it, it, I was there still like pretty early. Yeah. I, I think it was just a combination of, of everything. Yeah. I mean, obviously they did an incredible job of marketing the service, uh, getting employees. Mm -hmm. Actually, the way I learned about the business was the owners, both of them at the time, or the founders, they followed me on Instagram when I'd gotten into university. They were also University of Guelph students, oh, right? Nice. They followed, and then I noticed they followed everyone. Like, That's so smart. Right, like everyone <laughs> in my tower, they got follow requests. I'm like seeing like, oh, like why are they following like 60 people in my grade? And then the account also did, Canadian Barbecue Boys Instagram. And oh, you know, okay. you already know where this is going, yeah. right? I look in the in the caption and it sees like, you know, like founded by this and this, like on Dragon's Den. Yeah. So it piques my interest and I learn more about the, the business. And then I see that they're also hiring and they're gonna have, they're gonna be at these job fairs and that's kind of when it gets a little bit more interesting, genius. right? And um, even on LinkedIn, I also saw them. So I, I guess that was their approach. Yeah. And it's funny because I'd say to my friends, I'm like, yo, did Canadian barbecue boys follow you? And they're like, yeah, we got a, we got a follow request from that. Such a good way to leverage the like student network. I'm, I'm impressed. Like that's, that is, it makes sense if you're like a university student, but to, to, to do, wow, I'm impressed just by that single fact. So, so they followed me. I, I, you know, stalked their Instagram pages. I, I looked at the Canadian Barbecue Boys account and I'm like, wow, this is really interesting. And, and at the time I really wanted to get into entrepreneurship yeah. and it was all clicking for me. I'm like, these other student entrepreneurs made it on Dragon's Den. 
uh, I could be learning from these guys. And if the company's still, you know, early, mm -hmm. maybe I could get in, get into like a management role because it said that there were management roles available. Yeah. And uh, that could be my way into entrepreneurship. No, it's super cool, like how you kind of uh, found them initially. Uh, how did you end up getting the interview with them? Yeah, so, you know, one day I was actually lying in bed after class. Uh, you know, I had a long night studying, of course. Uh, yep. Definitely nothing else. <laughs> no, nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Only studying, mom and dad. Yeah, if you're, if you're watching this. Um, and, you know, I, I had an investment council meeting. It was at 7 p.m. Yeah. And then there was also a job fair. I think it started at around 6.30. And so I'm like, okay, I can go to the investment council meeting at 7, or I can go to the job fair and I can try to talk to these guys, make a good impression, uh, you know, and maybe get an interview down the line. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically I'm like, okay, you know what, maybe I can do both. I'll just tell the investment council I'll be late. And so I, I put my suit and tie on and I run over to the job fair. Yeah. And, you know, first thing I see is I see like a big crowd and, you know, lines to, you know, RBC, yeah. TD, like CIBC, <laughs> all, the, all the big companies. All the big boys, yeah. And then, you know, I, I'm looking over, I'm like filtering through and then I see Canadian Barbecue Boys. Yeah. And then I see them and I'm like, holy crap, it's the, it's the guys that follow me on Instagram. Yeah. Like here it is, right? Yeah. And um, actually right before this, I, I thought I wasn't going to be able to make it to meet them. So I sent them a message on Instagram. I still have the message on oh, Instagram. Nice. And I was like... Hey guys, I'm a, I'm a first year um, economics and finance student looking to get an entrepreneurship. I'm not going to be able to make it to the fair, but is there any way we can schedule an interview type of thing, right? Nice. I told them that one day I wanted to start my own business yeah. and you know, I thought that it would be a great experience to work with them. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm seeing them and I'm like, okay, look, I'll just say exactly what I said in the message. I'll just say it to them here. Yeah. And I go, there's only a couple of guys talking to them and yeah. we talk for a little bit. Um, and I'm like, wow, they're, they're super chill guys. Yeah. And um, yeah, sure enough, I, I managed to get an interview after that. It was just a two-stage process. Nice. And um, then next thing you know, I was hired onto the company. Um, you know, January, they brought me on for some events. Like we went to some, some home shows, some door-to-door, -door, yeah. uh, some flyering activities. And then we started the cleanings in April is when I really got into that first cleaner role. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it was a whole, whole long ad adventure for me. It was yeah. crazy. Oh, that's super cool. I remember going to like some of my own job fairs too. And like some of these, some of the companies there, like they're mostly technology companies, but I ended up getting an interview with Intel. And I think there were about five or six interviews that you needed to get through in order to get hired. Mm. <laughs> so oh, that's gosh. another benefit of a smaller company, I would say, is the fact that there aren't so many layers of people to go through to actually get in the door, right? Yeah. So, so that was super cool. And I like that you also kind of just like went out and like you, you'd sent them that message, right? Saying like, hey, look, I'm super interested. And it was probably easier for them once you showed up in person to put a face to a name, right? And be like, oh, actually, I think I might have remembered that guy. Even if they didn't, it was probably somewhere back in their subconscious. Oh. <laughs> and then and then you had a good conversation with them. Yeah, okay. So then you started kind of like cleaning barbecues. Um, was it difficult to like, I guess, learn that trade? Like, was it um, when you were first starting out, like, how did you train? Like, was it um, challenging in the beginning or did you pick it up pretty quickly? Right. So, you know, the, the company's definitely implemented better training procedures now and, and over right. the years. Um, but when I first started, the way that we kind of did it was they had a barbecue at the front and they, they had an office at the time. Yeah. And I think there was around, you know, 10 or 12 of us guys at the time. Um, we would basically watch how they would clean the barbecue at the front, right? right. But at the time, there wasn't really any... Um, actual demonstrations like I wasn't able to try anything out for myself mm -hmm. so when I was going to clean my first barbecue I essentially knew nothing <laughs> my, my parents had a barbecue I never used it yeah. I just watched them do it I never actually cleaned a barbecue before right or yeah. and I, I wasn't much of a cleaner so 
Honestly, I was so anxious that first day, right? My, my heart was pounding. <laughs> the day started for me, I think it was at 7.30. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the procedure is pretty simple, like with most service businesses. I called the customer and I let them know I was on the way. Yeah. And I asked them, look, you guys have the, uh, the gas turned off and everything. You know, the usual procedure. Mm -hmm. And I get there and I see this barbecue and it's massive. <laughs> like, first thing, the, the house is gorgeous, right? It's That's a part, Mississauga yeah. Road mansion, of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, but the barbecue was huge. It was uh, Weber Summit. And at the time, I'm like, we have whatever summit. Like, yeah, that's, that's the perfect <laughs> way to describe that thing. Like, that thing is freaking massive. Yeah. Anyway, it's raining too, right? It's, it's April. I just finished exams. Yeah. Like, God knows if I passed at the time, <laughs> right? So I was still in that, that state of mind where I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. Like, this is what I'm into. Um, anyway, it's pouring on me. I start setting up the tarp. I'm like, okay, step one. Because I made, like, the notes on my phone that, that they had in the training. Yeah. I'm like, right, step one, I need to set the tarp up and plug in the cord. But then in my head, I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's raining, like electricity, uh, I'm gonna uh, get shocked, right? <laughs> but I'm like, the show goes on, right? <laughs> so anyway, I plug in the cord and I, I get into uh, you know, the cleaning process. I set up the tarp yeah. and um, I set up the job site, right? I open it up and dude, the thing is nasty, right? Like it's caked in grease, it's all yeah. black. You know, the grates are supposed to be silver, right? Yeah. Like there wasn't a hint of any sort of that on this model, right? I, I look on the back, it's completely like caked out. I'm like, oh, God, help me, man. Like, this is awful, right? Um, Great first job. I know. I'm like looking at my supplies and I'm just like, how am I going to get from like, with, with these to, to clean barbecue? I'm like, wait, what does the clean barbecue even look like again? Like, what is it supposed to look? And at this point, I'm like, okay, I can still quit. <laughs> right? Like, you know, they can figure it out. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm like, fine. You know, I, I talked myself up to these guys. Like, I, I can't just, I can't leave you now. Can't, yeah, I can't back right? out. <laughs> and I also had this whole mindset thing where it's like, if I want to get into business, I have to do something that it's difficult for yeah. other people to do. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just like the, the business landscape nowadays, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. Um, and anyway, I, um, I, I got to cleaning and it, it, was, it was bad. Uh, take you? It took me maybe around five, six hours nice. to uh, finish the grates, and, oh and then I moved on to the rest of the barbecue. No, maybe not five, six hours, but in yeah. total, it took me around seven hours to finish like yeah. the first barbecue, maybe. And anyway, at this point, it maybe was um, two p.m. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I got to get to my next one, oh, right? So I call the guy, and I'm already like three hours late. I'm like, hey, yeah. man, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a bit late, right? Yeah. And um, I get there, still pouring rain. Um, and same thing, I cut my hand though this time because I wasn't wearing gloves, I'm kind of, kind of an idiot. Okay. <laughs> and um, at, at that point I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Like I can't, I can't work this job, right? Like I quit in my head, yeah. but I'm like, whatever. For now, I'll just do the best job that I can on this. Yeah. And uh, you know, when the customer came out, the rain stopped. Yeah. Like uh, maybe like 30 minutes before. So I was able to put like a nice layer of polish on it and, and it was actually shining. You know, the sun actually popped out, man. It was like a scene from the movie. Like, you know, the, there was a rainbow. And like this, the barbecue is just shining and yeah. this guy comes out and he's like, wow, like that looks like amazing. Like he's like, it looks almost brand new, right? And I'm like, he's gotta be lying because he hasn't opened the thing <laughs> yeah. yet. But dude, he opens it up and he's like, yeah, that looks really good. He's like, I didn't realize it can get like that. And that gave me so much like dopamine that I'm just like, wow, like I can, I can well, do this, good. right? Yeah. And you know, the next day, same thing. I get up, I'm like, holy crap, like what the <laughs> am I doing? And then, um, you know, same thing. I figured it out. And it kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the start, yep. where it's like, you know, I, before starting it, I'm like, holy crap, like how am I going to do yeah. this? And then you just keep doing it, you it gets the it. rhythm and it's yeah. crazy. Every day is like another new challenge to face, right? And you just have to keep doing it. Like it doesn't matter how you feel, you just do it. You're just like, I'm, I'm doing this. Okay, how long would you say that first job that took you about seven hours would take you today? 
Yeah, that's a great question. That same job that I got, and I actually reviewed the photos earlier on in the season, yeah. uh, it would probably take me around like one and a half to two hours now. Wow, <laughs> okay, big difference. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy difference, right? Wow, okay, did you, did you like upgrade the tools? Did you upgrade like the, or was it just more your technique that got better? I think it was just a combination of everything. Like in the yeah. years that, that followed, we definitely had, like refined the cleaning process a lot more. Yeah. Uh, I got more confident using like the, the machine part that we got, like this was really just a drill with the wire attachment uh, and yeah. you know, some other materials, which I can't say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, definitely refined that. And uh, just a combination of, of that, yeah, I could definitely get it done 1.5 hours and make it look yes. a lot better than it looked. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> Do you like the whole polish and everything? Yeah. yeah, that's super cool. Okay. So after working, I guess, for a little bit in that first summer, how did you feel like towards the end? You know, near the end, I was definitely, I was extremely confident. At this point, there were so many clients who were, who were happy with the work that I was providing. Yeah. Uh, it's I, so helpful when a client's like, great job, man. You're like, thank you. Yeah, like, please give me your validation. <laughs> yeah. right? Like, that's a, like, I need it. Yeah, I'm out here filming this podcast. Give me the validation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, please. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, it, it, but by the end of it, I was just so confident. I was honestly enjoying the role. Like, the weather was, was great. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is like, this is great. This has so much potential, so much opportunity. I was seeing everything grow like in front of my eyes and I was just so happy to be a part of it. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And I know at some point, I don't know if it was that same year, but I know you got a promotion because I saw it on LinkedIn and I liked <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was that year or the next, but um, how did that come about? And like, were you involved in other parts of the business as well in order to get to a point where you got promoted? Right. Well, I, I always loved cleaning barbecues, right? But I, I knew that I didn't want to be doing that for the rest of my time with Barbecue Boys. I, I wanted to just keep learning as much as I could about the back end. Mm -hmm. And I made that clear pretty much from the start that I wanted to be involved, especially in the managerial duties. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, the opportunity came up. Uh, the owner at the time, he, he told me that the position was available and that I had proven myself worthy for that. Nice. And uh, yeah, he, he gave it to me and that's kind of when my role started to shift. Uh, you know, in my second season, is when I got the promotion to the management role, the territory manager. But we, uh, you know, we were so busy with all the cleanings that uh, I still ended up cleaning almost every single day. Yeah. And this is when I actually started working with my partner, my girlfriend, who actually still works for the company and we're still nice. together. Um, and, but we started cleaning the barbecues together. Yeah. And that was just a whole another summer of, you know, obviously it was a lot of fun. We were cleaning three, four barbecues together. And also on the side, I was trying to do some sales activities, you know, for the company and, yeah. and part of my new role with the, with the managing side of things. You know, we had a group chat and occasionally I try to give tips in the group chat, yeah. but my actual managerial side of it where I actually started managing things was more so in my third year of the company. Okay. That year was mainly about the cleanings. Yeah, okay. So in the in the like small sales stuff at the beginning, um, what kind of like sales activities, uh, like what skills did you pick up in, in that season of just kind of like dabbling in sales? Like what were some things that I think like that now today are valuable to you that you picked up back then? Right, I think, um, you know, at the start it was, we were just delivering flyers and yeah. we didn't really have the intention of doing the door-to-door -door sales. Um, so what, how it really started for me was people would be doing gardening in the front and then I'm like, you know, if I'm going up to their door and I'm putting this flyer in their mailbox, I may as well talk may to them, the chat, right? Yeah. 
And, um, and that's exactly what it is. They see the flyer and they'd be like, oh, Canadian Barbecue Boys. And then they'd you know, flip it over and they'd be like, oh, that's seen on Dragon's Den. And they'd ask about that. And I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe I should try to transition this into sale. Yeah. And that's when uh, I started getting into their backyards a little bit. I'm like, yeah, you know what? If, if you can let, let me see your barbecue, then uh, yeah. you know, maybe I can give it a look, see if there's anything you might need replaced or you know, maybe cleaned. Yeah. And that's really how it started for me. And then I learned, yeah, just conversating with these people uh, and just being genuine. Of course, I didn't just go right into being like, oh, let me see your barbecue. But yeah. saying, oh, like, I love your flowers. I love your petunias. Yeah. And, then, and then transitioning to be like, yeah, now let me, can I see your barbecue, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that's good. That's a good tip too for salespeople because I know some salespeople just go up door to door and they're like, let me sell you on this service instead of like trying to actually have a conversation like there's another person. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like that you interrupted their day. You may as well give them 30 seconds to have a chat. And if they don't want to, you move on to the next one. But you're a bit of a self-starter in the sales department. So um, the following year after that really turned into, I guess, a manager, let's call it. So what happened that year? Like, what were you managing? Like, how did how did your job change again? And this is a, like, I just want to say this is a fast timeline, right? Like a lot of people like don't, like, like from one year to the next, their roles don't change that much. So it's quite impressive that you were able to kind of, I guess, keep that momentum rolling into, I guess, ultimately what you actually wanted to do, which we'll get to. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, honestly, I was really lucky. I was there at the right time when the company was still, you know, very small. Yeah. And I just showed a lot of initiative. And, you know, when there's not that many people to compete with, it definitely makes it a lot easier for you to move forward. For but sure, yeah. I was definitely lucky they gave me the opportunities to, to do that. Right. Um, and, you know, I worked hard to, to capitalize on those opportunities. Um, in my third role, or my third year, sorry, my role more so transitioned, like I said, to the managerial work but more so in the in the retail department that we were trying to grow at the time, okay. uh, which and we still are. Uh, but we, we also found that there was another big market in people who needed work done on their barbecue. People who just, like you have to think, they're leaving their barbecues outside in the rain, often uncovered. Yeah. And so what's gonna happen to the parts is they're obviously gonna rust out and they become borderline unusable. Right. And instead of throwing out the whole thing, like we wanted to encourage people to just replace the parts, get it cleaned, and it's like you have a new barbecue again, right? right. And so that's kind of the department that I was very interested at the time, and especially like the e-commerce side of things. So I asked if I could kind of do a lot of that work. And um, that basically entailed uh, running the Shopify store, nice. um, a whole ton of like product input, um, and just f product fulfillment, sorry. So were you like the, um, like you were kind of talking with suppliers to figure out like what parts you could sell through the store? Yeah, essentially. So we would actually order parts from, from various manufacturers directly and store it at uh, in, a, in a warehouse, sorry. Nice. And others we would just do uh, dropship. Like if there was for, for like barbecue models that were really, really unique, yeah. there's no point ordering those parts in bulk. Uh, and a lot of barbecue parts are like extremely unique. Like you'll have a Weber Genesis from 2004 that yeah. will have parts that's not compatible with like 2010, right? right. Or if they'll have like an extra burner so it's bigger and, and you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so it's really important that we get to go to the customer's house, get the exact model number, serial number, get the exact information, put it in the job file. And then basically our service technicians would say, okay, this client wants a quote on these parts. And it was my responsibility to make sure all of those files were being followed up on, all the clients were getting quotes on their parts, and then we would schedule dates and everything and find ways to fulfill those appointments to get like, let's say the burners installed when people aren't comfortable with that. Yeah, okay. That's honestly like a lot more complicated than I thought it would be. I guess because that's a whole new branch of the business, right? Because at first you were just like cleaning and then you wanted to get into repairs as well. Um, <clears throat> kind of a, a full service business, right? Yeah. And 
I guess the question is that I'm thinking is, is it kind of like one branch, the sales and online branch of the business is selling directly to your service people kind of like you only sell to your customers or is, is the store online where like anyone can shop for a part? So it's, it's a combination of both. Like anybody could go on the website and people do go on the website and just buy parts from us. Um, but a great way for us to initially like generate traffic to the site and to generate the sales and really get the store going was just within our own network. And it just so happened that a lot of people did want the parts, but just did not want to go through the work of ordering them and installing them. And we could provide everything at once, including the cleaning, just the full service that, you know, it was just easy for them to go with us. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So that's really cool. So not only, so you guys like diversified too. Yeah. So the business is not just cleaning barbecues, it's diversified. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, it's also maintenance and repairs, like inspections. It's, it's the whole, the whole deal now. Okay, that's really cool. So you got to see that development and be a part of it, which is awesome. Okay, so I guess once you've done that experience, what was next? What happened after that? Yeah, so like I said, it was mainly just that, um, but I also did help out with managing some of the actual personnel like in the area that I was in, which is just the Guelph Kitchen in Waterloo. I was living in Guelph at the time. Um, The market there wasn't as big as it is now, uh, so there's only a couple of guys to manage, so it wasn't too serious, but just making sure they had their supplies um, if they had any issues with clients that I would address those situations. Sometimes it would entail like driving over, fixing the situations myself, and then uh, you know doing the other tasks that I had on an ongoing basis. I just wanted to be as involved as possible to get as much experience as I could. Yeah, what's like the, um, I mean, if you can tell me, what is like one of the, I guess, weirdest or worst um, kind of client problems you've had because I know like in anything where you're dealing with customer service sometimes your customers may not be all that reasonable so do you have any stories that are kind of like fun to share I I do man I do and this was actually pretty transformative one for me okay Uh, it was my first year at the company and uh, you know obviously I was trying to make a huge impression on the company I didn't want to make any mistakes or have like any unsatisfied customers right and I was doing a really good job of that until one day I had this one client and uh, you know, obviously this guy was, was loaded. Um, yeah. He had a secretary and she booked the, or sorry, he booked the appointment for me. And uh, he was basically telling me like, look, please do a good job, right? Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, that's kind of a, why, why would you say please do a good job? Like, obviously you're, you're paying me to yeah, do a good yeah, job. Yeah. Like, that's the expectation. Yeah. Uh, but it's like I detected a little bit of fear in his voice. So I'm like, oh man, like this is what I'm getting myself <laughs> it's into. It's already a rough start. <laughs> right? And you know, I get there and it's this, beautiful like built-in stainless steel like all stainless steel shining already like barbecue i'm like wow like okay this is what i'm going to clean so i set up and he's not there i get right into it and i'm cleaning and by the end of it like i think it looks great right i'm like wow this is beautiful i take my pictures and i talk to his son and i'm like uh you know can you just make sure this is all good before i leave and you know i i guess he doesn't care he's like yeah that looks great yeah so i leave and i go to the next client right I'm halfway clean. I'm halfway through cleaning this client's barbecue, and I get a call from the secretary, and he's like, "I thought I told you to do a good job." And he's like, "You better get over here. Like, this guy's pissed. Like, he's pissed." And I'm just oh like, god. "Oh my gosh, this has never happened to me. Like, I'm so scared because I'm like, yeah. I gotta drive back. Like, like who the like who is this guy? Right? He's like some like Tony Soprano. Like, like why <laughs> why why are you so scared of this guy? Yeah. So <clears throat> that's not good when the secretary's <clears throat> freaking out. Like. <laughs> No, like that's really bad. It's not right over like an unclean barbecue. I'm like, holy cow! Like yeah. I, 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 I thought it was great. So whatever. Let's see what he has to say. Yeah. I go back and um, yeah, it's just extremely huge, big guy. Like probably ex linebacker. I God knows, he's like five nine. 
Um, you might have to look at picture, but you know Kingpin in Spider-Man? Yeah. You can put a picture of him. Okay. That's what he looked like. Okay. And so anyway, he's fuming. Like, he's red. He's actually red. And I'm oh like, my oh, God. my God. Like, what did I do, right? Yeah. And he's like, you got grease on the stuff like on the tiles you got grease on the patio and i'm like what the like when right and he's like and he's like this is unclean he's like what the did you do and i'm like oh god like my, my ego's also hurt right because i'm like yeah. i put a lot of pride into what i do yeah. like how can this be and i lift it up and like this guy's like crazy right because usually i'm like very very understanding i can see yeah. the issues but he's like pointing out maybe like a tiny fleck in like the very very bottom and I'm like, okay, fine. No, that's fair. Like, I'll, I'll clean that up. Yeah. And as I'm trying to get to stuff and clean up, he's like screaming like in my oh ear, my like gosh. just swearing at me. Like there's spit coming out of his mouth. Like yeah. I'm getting like splattered with that. Yeah. And um, this is completely foreign to me. I'm just taking it. And then anyway, I'm like, okay, sir. Like I, I see to go and get my stuff. I'll come back and I'll clean everything up. And then you can, yeah. you know, make sure it's all good before you go. Yeah. Before I go. Anyway, I, I go to my car, I get my stuff. And I'm like, I, I set up the job site. And I can hear him screaming at like the secretary and I know that the owners are there because they're at the office listening in. Yeah. And um and I'm just like, holy crap, like this there goes everything that I just worked for, right? Like I just yeah. screwed over the company. And um, you know, I, I get a call from them and they tell me some products to go pick up to clean the stone, because there was actually, you know, like a couple of drops. Nothing too crazy, yeah. a couple of drops, but enough that it's like, you know, it's it's fair. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like the whole time I'm just like, wow, like I can't keep doing this, like this is too much. And I'm getting the product, I go back to the guy's house. Oh my god. Dude, I swear to, to go God, <laughs> I have to go back again. And he was still screaming at like the at the uh, the staff. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna clean this, right? I'm like mid cleaning it. And I'm hearing him like talk so much trash about me, talking about how like I was unqualified. And I just like I, I just had to leave, like yeah. go to another street. I just sat on a curb and I just started crying, man. I'm like, bro, I'm I I can't, man. I like broke down. That's um, like that's just straight abuse, man. I know it was like, so bad, right? Like now I would have just left and been like, I'll, I'll yeah. come back when you yeah. calm down or not at all. Like we'll see what to do. Yeah, because that's too much, right? <laughs> yeah. But I'm crying, you know. Um, I and then I just go back. And I'm like, okay, look, sir, like I wipe it up. I, I wipe up the, the patio yeah. and I'm like, it's, it's clean. Like, here you go. And then he's just like, um, he's like, yes. He's like, this is perfect. He's like, this is what I was looking for. And I'm just like, I barely made a difference on the barbecue uh, or the stone. Like, cause the stone was pretty much clean. Yeah. But it's just the attention and the time that I spent there. And I guess him yeah. letting everything out, yeah. he was okay. And yeah. It was all good. I think there is a lot of misdirected anger in that man's life. <laughs> like that there, he really just took everything he was feeling out on you and the secretary. That's brutal. Mm -hmm. Holy crap. Okay. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you went back the first time. Like I, I haven't dealt with like anyone that's been like quite like that, but I've, I've heard the like I've heard some general knowledge is like when someone's losing their mind you kind of stay away a little bit so mm -hmm. I I <laughs> I mean you went back and you did what you said you would do which is make sure everyone's happy and I guess at the end it worked out right he was happy but I think it probably <laughs> didn't help you very much <laughs> no it, it it didn't at first yeah. definitely I mean I had to reflect on that a lot that yeah. that same day and um at the end of the day, what I took from that was like, he could talk to me and treat me however he wanted. Like if I was in danger, that, that would not have been good. I yeah. should have separated myself from that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like I'm still gonna go in and, and do my best yeah. and whatever I do. And in this case, it was the cleaning and yeah. providing the service. And you know, the, the impression I think I ended up leaving with the company, like, like yeah, I messed up, 
but I, I like went back and I fixed it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like I, I slept well knowing that you know that's what I did to rectify yeah. it. Yeah. No, that's 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 very inspirational. I I, <laughs> I, I applaud you for doing that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. I that's that's some dedication. So that's definitely can be appreciated. After all of that stuff, let's get into I guess like now slash very recently. Um, what has happened with the company? Because I know there's a lot of like big changes happening and that you were one of the first people involved in one of those really big changes. Yes. So, you know, the first big change is that we are, you know, rebranding, obviously we're in the process of that into Grow Hero. Uh, But the major change is that we're franchising, we're selling franchises and I have purchased the first franchise and that's in the area of Peel, of course. and you know that's that's been exciting you know obviously fast forward over the the following years as the company just started to grow and expand like crazy um you know covid really helped us a lot people staying home and investing more into their backyard right that was huge for us we were able to work the government let us work because you're obviously working outside that's great timing too (laughs) huge timing people had a ton of disposable income that gave us a chance to basically uh, you know, get new clients that we may have not initially gotten. And then those people gave us a crap ton of referrals. Nice. And, you know, the, it just really exploded like that. I mean, yeah. we literally had to shut off ads because of how much business we were getting. Damn. We just could not get enough people yeah. to fulfill the service. Yeah. Like, it was, it was really great for us. Uh, and then, obviously, with all that growth, uh, we started getting interest in a lot of different parts of Canada, even, like, in the United States. Yeah. Uh, you know, places like Calgary, Vancouver, um, like, a lot of interest. And we just, we obviously, we're not going to be able to fulfill that. And so I think that's when the founder and the owner, that's when he saw the opportunity in franchising. Mm-hmm. And that's when we kind of looked within the company network. And you know, given I had so much experience and success like within the company and the management, yeah. that uh, you know, it would make sense for me to, to be the first franchise partner and uh, you know, get it launched, get all the systems in place before we open it up. And yeah. you know, now we've had a, like a ton of interest in the franchising. We've been doing a lot of uh, you know, discovery days, showing it to a lot of potential franchisees. I'm not sure if I can say this, but I'll say it anyway. Um, we actually have sold the first franchise to someone in London. Nice. If it if, doesn't go through, yeah. then you can cut that out. <laughs> then tell me, tell me in post. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll confirm. I'll confirm that with cool. you. Maybe you might have to leave that out. But yeah, um, no yeah, no, that's that's awesome. So expanding in franchise, why why do the franchise model? The owner definitely took inspiration in, in one eight hundred got junk, and uh, you know their their umbrella company Shag Shine Wow Painting, yeah. um, and it is a pretty similar business like the home services, mm-hmm. and. It just, it, it, I guess, made sense in terms of uh, expansion. Like, if you have people buy into the company and, and put in, like, a lot of money into the marketing yeah. uh, and expanding the market in particular areas, then, you know, it, it's known to definitely help expand these, these service businesses. Yeah. I think you might have told me once that they got inspiration from 1-800-GOT-JUNK, but that's pretty cool. With the U.S. expansion, I feel like that's going to be more challenging. How do you... I guess the, the the question about expanding further is how do you make sure that quality is maintained in the service if you're expanding to places that, I guess, people who were working in the company, like how do you make sure quality standards are met? Yeah, you know, I think the company has done a great job in developing like specific processes yeah. on delivering the service and, and maintaining the, the standards of quality and outlining what those standards are. Yeah. So I think those those clear, concise standards definitely help maintain that. But really, it's um, just having access to the system and, and being able to review like ratings, um, company ratings, sorry, uh, photos to see you know if they're maintaining the right quality of service there. And it's also in the franchisee's best interest to uh, you know obviously upkeep yeah. that that good standard. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, as far as, so I was thinking about franchising like models in general. Um, and I know that like that people tend to be limited um, with how much they can do on their own. And I know that when McDonald's was originally franchising, thanks to whatever that Netflix movie was, um, that like the, the way that they really kind of kicked off and expanded beyond like six restaurants was through a franchising model. As the, as the franchisee, what, what are your responsibilities? What are like the parent company's responsibilities? Right. <clears throat> so essentially my responsibilities is just fulfilling the service and maintaining the standard of the service in Peel, right? right. Uh, and it's also generating sales and growing the market as much as I can and making sure the service is just accessible to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. My job is a lot easier due to everything that the company provides. I mean, they run the call center and they run a really good call center uh, where all I have to do is generate leads. And once those leads are submitted into the company, yeah. uh, then the sales reps will actually follow up on those leads for me. And they're trained on, on how to do that how to you know sell the value proposition yeah and so essentially what it comes to is even while i am interested in selling the service to as many pe uh, people as possible through door-to-door -door sales yeah. my main thing is actually generating leads right. um i want to generate as many leads as i can and generate as much buzz as i can about the service right. and the way that we have been doing that is through like direct mail campaigns through canada post i don't know if you know too much about yeah. that yeah. i think we talked about that yeah we know, did a little bit a yeah little bit a couple weeks yeah. ago um door-to-door -door sales like i said before uh, a lot of door hangers we've been doing yeah. and uh, you know Facebook ads like online ads uh, lawn signs just really going like super aggressive on the field marketing yeah. and just hoping that those translate into leads we have more points of contact hopefully through online ads hopefully people will talk about it um, it's funny because every time someone's like oh I live on so-and-so street in Mississauga yeah. then my first thing is like okay I want to go in the system and be like have I have we serviced the client <laughs> on that street and now it's at the point where it's like most streets that I'll type in we'd have service the client there. And so then I'll ask those people, I'll be like, oh, have you ever heard of Canadian Barbecue Boys? I'm like, we actually one of your neighbors, do you know so-and-so? Yeah. And then, yeah. Great starting line. Great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, you do, we just helped your neighbor last year, last week. Like, and then and they're like, oh, that's cool. And then, yeah, it's great. I love that. For direct mail, I think we, we did talk about it a little bit, but I think you said at some point, like what you do is if you were in an area recently, you'll kind of target a couple of streets around and then show up a couple <clears throat> days after the delivery happens so that kind of the flyer is fresh in their mind and then it's kind of easier to sell to them. Have you found that that is still working? Yeah, so we, we have the data in different postal codes to see where we have, I guess, the most, um, most amount of jobs yeah. and we try to target those areas. So we have, you know, top, the top three postal codes in my region. Yeah. Those are the areas that I've, I've really tried to, to, tried to pursue. Okay. So really, the, the process that I followed was to start off with the direct mail campaign and just try to make sure that all of those houses in those areas that meet the different demographics that I set on Canada Post. Because yeah. you can set um, what the household income is, if they have kids, like how many kids, like what the age that, range actually. is. That's really cool. Yeah, you can really specify it and we know what our target market is. And so these three postal codes, we coincidentally, well not coincidentally, but obviously there's a correlation there where we've done a really high amount of jobs there. So the first step was to just send them the direct mail, like let them see the flyers. There was actually a discount code on that so that they can scan mm -hmm. uh, or they can give to the sales rep. That way I can tell who actually booked in through that campaign. So I can at least see like the, you know, the tangible effects of that campaign. Obviously right. there's the intangible ones. Uh, and then the next step was to go through the same like neighborhoods with the uh, the door hangers, mm -hmm. which we actually ended up running through and hitting most of them with them. 
And then, you know, the third thing was, like you said, then going door to door. And it's funny because when we were going to door to door and people were actually answering, most people heard us, heard about us from either the online ads yeah. or the direct mail campaign or the door hangers. Like, oh yeah, we got the door hanger. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, we saw the ad. Or some people were actually like, oh, like we've, you know, we've heard of people that used you or yeah, like, mm-hmm. or a couple we've used you before. One time I had someone who used a company and they had a bad experience with the company. Uh, okay. This was years ago. Okay. And I ended up actually talking to them and I think they had booked again. Nice. So, you know, it, it's crazy. Around. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's cool. <clears throat> For like marketing, how much do like you as like the franchisee how do, how much money do you end up like not how much do you spend but like does the company have like a particular ad spend do you pay them to help them advertise or do you have to directly advertise on your own or can you do both right so we can do both there is a minimum ad spend so uh with the franchise i do have to spend two uh, percent into the marketing fund and that's perfectly fair because uh, I actually don't have to run any of the ads myself. Yeah. I just give my budget to the marketing department and then they run all the ads for me. Nice. Um, if I'm ever interested in running like a, like a flyer campaign, let's say for oven cleanings or, or barbecue cleanings, I will just ask the marketing department to come up with some you know, designs yeah. uh, and, and they'll make that for me and then I'll choose you know, which one I want or I'll just ask them to make any cert- type of modifications. Uh, they'll do that for me. Um, I'll just pay to get it printed and everything like that, and then uh, I'll handle the actual fulfillment of those myself. Nice. So you really can kind of, I guess, do your own thing within the company's thing. Yeah. If you would want to, right? Like you can get the whatever design people, the marketing people to create something for you and then choose how much you want to spend. And so in some ways, the growth of your franchise can be directly correlated to how much you're willing to work and spend and whatever. Exactly. It's definitely encouraged. And there is a minimum ad spend that you do spend when you sign in the FTD. And that just basically ensures that everybody who is signing up is going to invest into marketing. And that's really what's going to help us expand. Uh, So I'm definitely, you know, I'll be doing that. But also it's it's in our best interest to to spend the money on marketing. We found that our ads do work. And most like every single time, every campaign that I've spent on, it's, you know, it's paid for itself. And so, you know, it's win-win. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, that's a pretty powerful uh, market to be in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it also has to obviously have like, good ads and whatnot. Okay. What's next for Zach Gomes? What are you, what are you doing now? What's, what, what's, what are your hopes and dreams for this franchising thing? And, uh, and what are you planning on doing next? Right. Well, honestly, running the franchise has been great. It's been, a, it's been a great experience, honestly. Yeah. And, um, just really in the next few years, I really want to expand it. Uh, you know, Peel is expanding, the, the barbecue cleaning market is expanding, and so is the services that we're offering, like oven cleaning. Uh, obviously, I just want to grow the business as much as I can, um, you know, and, and grow the team out as much as I can as well, yeah. that I have here in Peel. Uh, and then, you know, I have a partner that I'm working with on, in the franchise right now, his name is Josiah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the goal is that, you know, maybe we'll buy another franchise in the future, uh, kind of leverage all the, the resources that we have kind of going on in the area. and then. Really, what I want to get into after that is is real estate, and that's where that's where you're gonna help me <laughs> Let's out. Go. You know, pre-construction, all of yeah. that stuff. I mean, I, I really want to get into that. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I've run out of steam. Do you have any other like any other things that you feel like I missed, or anything else that you want to like say? Look, man, this is my third pot for third podcast. Ever. I mean, that 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 sums it up perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is my first podcast. Obviously, me too. 
Oh, both of ours. Yeah, yeah like, like okay, I've I've done podcasts on my own, but I haven't done a podcast interview. So this is my first podcast interview. Well, this is our first podcast <laughs> interview. If you couldn't tell from yeah, the from the everything, <laughs> but uh, no, thanks for having me on, man. It, yeah. it was a great experience. You know, definitely check out Canadian Barbecue Boys. Yeah, check the website. Yeah. Check right? out Canadian Barbecue Boys. Check out the YouTube channel. They'll sum it up better than I did just now, one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. And hey. B- Book a cleaning if you're in Mississauga, yeah, Peel. Actually, book it anywhere, actually, for the, for the business. Yeah, book it anywhere. Okay. Well, I appreciate you coming on as well. And I know you took a lot of time out of your Saturday for this. So thank you for that. Um, and we'll call it there. And the rest will be off camera. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, that was good.